You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The situation, my very first job uh, when I left school was picking mushrooms. And I, re- I, I quit for a ones. day. I, when they told me what the mushrooms are, are, are grown in, which is shit. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know when you put your hands in shit? Yeah. I, uh, that's it. I'm out. I'm, I'm Not for me. You didn't smell it? That isn't, it doesn't smell well, bad? Well, that's what I got there. And I go, what the fuck? Is, what, are they, what is that? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin here, as always, with Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. You're still on that bus. It's been like a week. Jeez. You know. I know. I know, right? Just eternal. The tour life. So I'm sitting in the back lounge tuning in from the tour bus of Star Away Set, from where the we're Gen doing Pop. our acoustic events. Away from the Gen Pop. And this was actually a really special episode because I got 2020 out of co-hosting. Yeah, you got a break. <laughs> it was a transcendent thing because we we basically conned our British ambassador Steve Wood who is the senior manager at Shelter Music which is basically like the Sith Lord of all management companies in the greatest of ways uh, into being a co-host this time for Dustin from Starset and if you don't know who Starset Dustin Bates of Starset my co bandmate the it, you know, genius behind all that is star set. The smartest man alive. Like if you want to, if you're in a band and you're touring and you want to know how to do it right, like listen to every single thing, every verb, every adjective, everything he yeah. says is like the letter of the law is there's a reason. Yeah. There's for actually it. things you can learn from this episode in case you're used to. And Steve was so amused. He thought he was a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a ton of fun. Definitely check this one out. 2020-D.com. Like, and subscribe, do all those fun things. Part two with Steve and an additional Dustin. So ladies and gentlemen, my name is Benny Goodman and I am here with my compatriots, my cohorts, my partners in crime, the people that I call bandmates and the band LostSymphony.com. Corey Peza and Javon Cronin. How are you guys doing this week? Just, just excited to be back. Good. With our, yeah, with our super excited guest. to be back. <laughs> I got to be yeah. real. So we had Richard Shaw on not too long ago, who's our first British ambassador, but I think the ambassador to all ambassadors, and I think Richard Shaw would also be completely okay with this. In fact, he told me so, is our friend, our guest this week. I like to say friend first before a guest because um, I didn't tell him to take his shoes off. Correctly said. The, the senior manager... At Shelter Music, which if you don't know, it's actually when when um, Mick Jagger says, give me shelter. He's talking about Steve Wood from Shelter he Music. Is. I must call him back. I, he Our guest. I know. I just... <laughs> Mick, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just don't tell, just don't tell Charlie Watts he's mixed, he's a mixed drummer. Oh, God. Yeah, he put, he's sitting out there 13 shows. and um, Cheer, guy, Cheers to um, Charlie. I mean, that guy hasn't missed a show ever, right? Like, that dude's like 10 right. minutes early to every single gig, and he's like 137 eight, years old, right? I, he's 18. Now, I had lunch with the uh, Rolling Stones tour manager a few weeks ago, and he told me something. Um, he said, because I'm, I'm fascinated. How do you tour manage the Rolling Stones? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you do? I mean, what? What do you say to Mick Jagger or Keith Richards? Like, what do you say? And so he told me when Charlie takes his jacket off, that's the sign to start the soundtrack. When he takes the jacket off. <laughs> and when he puts it back on, that's the end of soundtrack. That's how it works. But hold on. Has there ever been an instance where the jacket just went back on before it should have yeah. ended and he just walked I out? don't know, but, but like nobody questions it. They just yeah. do it, he said. Because- but hold on. In his defense, my grandfather used to go to the same place every single week to the same table with the same friends so that he could be like, I'm the guy around here. 
And I feel like if I was Charlie, I'm 80 years old, like I'm going to the same restaurant for 80 years, doing the same damn thing. I'd be like, don't you know I want my fucking pancakes? Don't you know I like my butter on the side? Like at this point, especially when it's like $2,000 a ticket. Well, I don't think Charlie was like that, but I did watch an interview where they were saying when it was the 50th anniversary, they said, Charlie, it's amazing. You've been in the band for 50 years. What was that like? He goes, well, I don't really know because I spent 25 of those years just hanging around waiting for the others, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you know, you know, that's kind of true. That's awesome. I mean, how do you hurry well, up? Why do you think Bill Wyman is such a great photographer? Because he was just waiting around for everybody. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to take up the camera. Yeah. Up and, but I, I was I was fascinated to know how the, the Rolling Stones work. And apparently Keith Richards doesn't even have a cell phone. No, he doesn't. Why, would, that's he? Actually a Why thing. would he? He doesn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I love those stories. I um I I once was doing a festival in um, Seoul in Korea, and Ozzy was uh, headlining, and I got on the plane, and Ozzy's production manager just happened to be next to me, and he's also the Rolling Stones production manager, and I think for half that flight I just quizzed him on the Rolling Stones because it fascinates me. You know how it works. Mm. It really is interesting to me. My now, favorite, I'm my favorite Stone story that I heard recently was that. So first off, I think it was like fifty thousand dollars the last time he did a meet and greet to meet the Rolling Stones. And I heard that Metallica, who's like one of my favorite bands to shit on, but I love Metallica. They're my favorite band, but I hate them. But I love them. But I hate them. But they went backstage, and I heard that like literally the Rolling Stones, like in the picture, like they're just continuing to walk by them. Didn't even get an autograph or anything. And you pay fifty grand. It's like literally you get half of Keith Richards' face. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh my god, could you imagine paying fifty grand and you don't even get a fucking picture with the guy? Like, it must be oh. nice to be Keith fucking Richards. Well, we, I will tell you, we have knowledge of this. I do. With the Hollywood vampires, there are three principles. That, uh, and Joe Perry, Johnny Depp, Alice Cooper. And we do a VIP every night. And we cap it at 100 people. And I think the uh, price is 1500 bucks. And how it works, and it's, it's mind-blowing, because each tour grosses like a million dollars in this. And 100 people show up. They're told where to stand. There's pipe and drape, like three sides of a square with all Hollywood vampires' backdrops. They stand there. The security has the velvet rope, you know, there. And the guy with a motor drive, they stand there. Brrr, next. Brrr, and then you get a website. You go to the website, choose the one you want. They take the word proof out of it. Bang, you got your picture. And you get some other goodie bags. And there it is. Look at that. When I went out to Vegas, Paul was telling me that he was trying to explain to Johnny Depp, your client, that there's a bunch of people trying to infringe upon his personal, um, you know, his intellectual property, how he even looks. He's like, I don't give a fuck. And then Paul said he went and ordered a bunch of shit off eBay. That's and right. Showed it to fucking Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You can buy his face. Yeah. Slash told me something one day. He said, um, what's really weird is he went to a Halloween party and he saw someone dressed as him. I mean, that was that was their Halloween <laughs> oh, a Halloween costume. Yeah. Yeah. That, how weird. All right. <laughs> but anyway. Speaking of uh, VIPs, Dustin just walked into the back lounge and asked if everyone wanted him to say hi. So we let me know if you want, want him Dustin to come. From- yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk to Dustin from Star I'll, I'll tell him to come back so you can keep yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. let so, you know when he comes so back. So, Steve, we've been trying to get Dustin forever, but he's got a billion streams, so I think he might be too cool for us. Siobhan's is in our band. Beam so. him up. <laughs> anyway, well, we can does keep he, talking. Does he, know, does he know he's kissing the ring right now with Steve Wood? Uh, I, oh, come on. Is, is Dustin what, aware? Uh, the, have we briefed him? Have we I, briefed was, him, I went out and I was telling them about all the stories we talked about in the first episode. He's well, like, you know oh, what? you're going to have to come what out and tell us do all these stories. Is we should actually have a game between Steve and Dustin where we can ask questions and they can both just list off answers to things. Oh, I, I, I'm up. I'm up. 
because we have two legends. We have we have Dustin from Star Set who's created his own religion, and then we have Steve who basically is like my spirit animal. Like if I could be anything in any ethereal world in any different dimension, I would be Steve Wood now. Oh. Because then listen, I would be. Benny I want ben. your problems because okay, Dan Dustin's Beck, who's back. Our, so I'm going to hand oh, off the headphones go. for like a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so you can say we, we trade. We trade Dustin. Up in the corner. Dustin from Star Set, everybody. Twenty twenty. There he is. Hello, Dustin. I'm Steve <laughs> oh, Wood. How are you? I unplugged it. Oh, hold on. He's tangled. <laughs> hey, Brought to you by you Behringer headphones. Oh, she's stuck in the corner here. I just unplugged everything. There you go. Uh oh. There, boom. I can All hear right. you guys. Got you. What's up, I man? Think, I think we have a mutual friend in Mike Plotnikoff, actually. Oh, you know yeah. Mike? I love Mike. Mike yeah, was my awesome. neighbor when I lived in Calabasas. No way. Yeah, so my wife and the four of us would go out for dinners. And yeah, Mike is at the studio, uh, which Howard Benson brought in. Uh, it's called Village yeah. Studios. Have you been there? Yep, have, I have. have uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hung, hung out Mike for a once. 12 years, I guess now. That's awesome. He's an awesome, like, sweet guy. Yeah, he's a Canadian guy, actually. He's, um, They're all, all Canadians are sweet, I guess. Yeah. How's it going? How's your tour going? Great. Um, what are we on show? I don't know. Feels like thousand at this point. Yeah. But it's 12 in a row, which is a challenge for singing um, because we meet every single fan and talk with them. So, Good. man... It, yeah, that's there's a lot it. of vocal rest, but it's going well. Very no, successful. That's yeah. what you have to do it these days. I mean, you really need to like look after your fan base. You got to super yeah. serve them. Actually, it's so yeah, exactly. important. Yep. Really, uh, and you're doing the right thing. Sort of a tiered system, and uh, the different types of fans can sort of feed into the others. We've 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 named on the last record. We named the type of fans between the you know the pedestrian fan the super fan and the general rock fan like and then the, you know there's three types and so star sets like a feudalistic society yeah exactly <laughs> am i a and plebeian you're i don't know you're 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 the court jester <laughs> that's very possible i'm the minstrel yeah. songs songs yeah. they want songs yeah. <laughs> that's good and 139 guitars <laughs> More, but that's fine. That's very nice. That was nice of you, Steve. Well, I, I love the, those pictures. Um, what, what what do you play, uh, uh, Dustin? What, you? I play um, a terrible guitar. That I hunt and peck on piano. Everything when I'm writing, it's uh, I was rhythm guitar in my last band. But when I write, it's just like, how does this feel? It's a very low level of musical theory, and it just builds and. It's an iterative process, and there's some guesswork, and it's all uh, shooting blind in the darkness. Wait, works? Look at yeah. Larry yeah. the world. I mean, it's working. Yeah. Uh, the, it, 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 the band's it, really well known. They're playing major festivals. I mean, that's what success looks like, is doing those things. It's, yeah. it's fun. And, you know, there are, there are other people in the orbit that uh, are really good with music theory and really good with uh, orchestration. It can take a top line melody and flesh it out. Um, mm. I, 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 at this point, I can't, um, I couldn't orchestrate the entire string aspect of everything. It's always like there's a theme or a, you know, a general idea and then it always takes well. someone with theory to to finalize it. Are you more of a rhythm guitar player, or, or, or yeah, you lead? and it's it's rhythm, and it's a special type of rhythm, I would say, because I'm left-handed and I was a poor kid, and so I, I actually picked strawberries to uh, buy my first guitar. And I, as soon as I got to the the uh, the mark where I could buy a cheap right-hand guitar, because left-hand guitars are twice as much money, I got that. And so, and I also play drums, so there's a it's a certain type of like rhythmic aspect to the playing and by the way steve i think it's adorable that you're not aware that dustin is actually the lead singer of star set the hyper successful <laughs> and i use the word hyper because the thing and and, and dustin i i, I gotta ha i gotta ask you this because i respect this completely 
you have a world. And the way I can explain it to people is I went and saw you guys and I looked to one of my friends and I was like, I'm going to talk to, you know, Siobhan after the show. And they looked at me so angrily, like, how could you possibly interrupt what we are witnessing? But they were very serious, <laughs> like very, very serious. And at first I wanted to make fun of them. But then I said to myself, I can't believe this is amazing. And I look around and everyone and it had been since Iron Maiden or Metallica that I had seen so many people wearing your band shirt in the show. And then afterwards, when the show was over, I, I thought you guys were signing autographs because the merch booth was so it was such a long wait. They had to keep the club open. But the fact was you were just selling merch. And I yeah. couldn't, I'm like, dude, this guy not only writes unbelievable music, but he's, he's, it's, he understands it's more with marketing and understand you've created a literal world. There's a book I need to read. I'm a guitarist. Why? Yeah. You definitely have that holistic like uh, approach to everything that seems so well curated. Um, and while we have our, our legendary touring master here, I was actually curious what aspect of star set between the writing the touring and the world building is like your favorite or is it like is it kind of the whole mix among all of them yeah uh, it, it's it is so intertwined with this project that it's hard to have a favorite um you know i had a band before this that was rock just a rock band signed to epic and that hey. went away and it was so great that it did because i blended all of my passions with this one and and the cool thing it Sometimes it overlaps and it's overwhelming. The 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 world building, the marketing, or the or the, the music side. But oftentimes I can just go from one to the next to the next to the next, and especially when COVID doesn't mess that that cadence up. Yeah. And so I love being able to switch the, <clears throat> the different um, sort of brand or the different. Uh, gears, maybe. Yeah, the different gears <laughs> of creativity. Yeah, there are different types, and and then you're blending. You're going from the business to different, various types of creativity, and it, it's it's uh it's awesome. Who manages you guys? Who, we who? self manage. Really? Yeah, we had we had fun. some great managers we've worked with, and it's just a Such little as? too atypical. Like um. Uh, I, my favorite, um, if anybody of the other managers see this, I'll be mad, but my favorite was uh, Chris from 10th Street, um, 10th, Street sure. 10th Street Management. Uh, um, <clears throat> but uh, and it, was, it was great, um, but uh, there was, things didn't quite align in terms of just timing, I think. And we, we had been, to, you know, with, with some other ones, and uh, we... We understand that we, we need to grow into the fact that we absolutely need management. But currently, Ron and I, yeah. and Ron was actually brought into the band for numerous reasons. The One bass player being, star set for those that yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and uh, he comes from, I, come, I was an engineer, and Ron comes from like a corporate uh, world, but we've been friends forever. And uh, one of the really strong aspects of Ron is he—I knew that he could do the logistics side of this, and I could do the business creative side side on the back end, in addition to all the other things. And yeah. so far, it's been the best combination. And they're um, taking out some cogs in the wheel uh, has made it more uh, efficient. We know exactly. You know, no one's making decisions for us, be, and it's uh, oftentimes someone doing making decisions for a band is a great thing. But and for now, this is the best thing. I want to get so big that it's it would be ludicrous to self manage. But with uh, technology, that's the title of the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's <laughs> no, I'm serious. That, that's the best quote yeah. of the day. I want to be so big. It's oh. ludicrous to self manage. That's literally right. beautiful, dude. <laughs> Trademark. That, that's Alan Kovacs, right? 10th Street? Yeah. Uh, I, I never had uh, talked to him. And, um, really? Uh, he, I believe, not to throw him under the bus, but he was uh, pitched the band early on and he passed. And uh, mm. I am, well, I'm happy where we're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I hear you loud and clear, actually. But, um, yeah, he's. we've had dealings. Um, <clears throat> Paul Geary and I, uh, my business partner, we managed Godsmack. Oh, nice. And uh, we actually had a bit of a falling out with Alan over Motley Crue. Um, really? It got quite ugly, actually. Did people take pictures too close to Nikki Six's face and they could see the pock marks that Fractal Lasering didn't fix? 
Oh, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was, um, I can tell you what, it was uh, because of that we fell out, the two bands fell out, and Sully wrote a hit over it called Crying Like a Bitch. And it (laughs) went to number one. That was a great song. And and it was because of this incident with Motley Crue and Alan Kovac. And they got a number one hit out of it. So, and, and they got pissed about that? Not yeah, Godsmack. Like he, Godsmack loved that. Right, but did like they like Nikki Six took such offense to that that like there was like chatter yeah. in the background? Oh, yeah, it's like oh a Twitter God. war, dude. It was like literally a thing yeah. where basically I mean, first off, it's like grown men throwing shit at each other. It's like not as bad as the guy from Trapped who just self-destructed. But like, yeah, no, Sully and Motley Crue mm-hmm. were on tour and they were like uh, they were throwing shade at each other. And literally, I think um I want to say Nikki Six wrote a song that no one listened to that was sort of some rebuttal or whatever, but you know, crying like a bitch w- went to number 1 and we know it's about <laughs> Nikki Six. So <laughs> it was Good for you, um, Sully. Also, we were managing Steel Panther at the time, and Steel Panther were added to a tour um, of the UK with Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Steel Panther. And there was this whole thing, Nikki Six and Tommy Lee completely slagged off Steel Panther in the press. That's an English, I'm English. And so um, I love it. And it completely backfired on those two guys because it just sounded like sour grapes. Because what they do is they make fun of bands like Right. You, they're Bro. yeah, they're imperfect. And they couldn't yeah. take it. They, yeah. And of course, by them you know, saying how ludicrous as that word again, um to put Steel Panther on the bill, it made Motley Crue look like complete crybabies and Well, but that's all crap. here's why though. Here's the truth. Here's the absolute truth. Is that first off, Michael Starr can sing like a motherfucker. Secondly, Satchel's one of the greatest guitars in the world. And if you're Steel Panther, you're obviously opening for Motley Crue and the sad truth is that they are 10,000 times better than even Motley Crue in their heyday because the truth is Vince Neil was never a good singer. He's just gotten worse. That's all it is. He's just oh, got like, yeah. listen to Live Wire. That, that, that note hurts me to my soul now that I know that there's auto-tune, but that's fine. That's fine. Like I, For years, I thought it was okay because it was metal. Yeah, but they, in fact, poor old Vince Neil, he did a festival a few weeks ago and it got out on Loudwire. I oh, think. he walked yeah. off stage. Yeah. He walked off stage. Yeah. I Sorry, guys, I can't sing. Yeah. Uh, How many times have you walked off stage, Dustin? Unfortunately, <laughs> I sh- uh, zero. I say unfortunately because when Good. we were supporting <laughs> bands. <laughs> When you're supporting and they're like, you're playing tonight. I had yeah. full-on laryngitis is barking, like barking an oh. entire show. And I, if I could have, I probably should have not played that one. And there's been a couple times headlining where we just powered through. But, man, uh, didn't yeah. do great for is the Is it times like band. that where you just go, like, I'm so glad for DMX 512 protocol? <laughs> uh, dude, I, we've, we need to start piping in fake vocals. I've never... Uh, or you just have me sing in the background like Derek Sherinian used to do with Kiss, where, where he'd be off stage because they didn't want people to know he was playing keyboards. So he'd be like, oh, yeah. ah, ah, and I could sit there with a harmonizer just hitting it live like a DJ for you. And I could even take you and live loop you. Yeah, you could live loop you and I'll just be in the back like the Wizard of Oz. You reminded me of something. In my tour managing days, I was the tour manager for two tours for for Kiss, and in those days, the off well, the offstage keyboard player was a guy called Gary Corbett, and Gary unfortunately just died recently. But cheers um, to the heavens! So we we were doing this tour, and he was you know he did all the keyboards off the side, and for Kiss, he was basically a road crew guy. I mean that's how they they treat people, right? And so they the tour wasn't doing very well, and they decided they were going to have to make some cuts. So what they did was completely recorded everything he did that night. 
and then fired the poor guy and then just ran the test. So they they just replaced him with an iPod, but that's the total way to do it. Like, Justin's, like, taking notes. He's like, this is what we should do. We're doing the opposite. (laughs) I'm trying to get more and more members. It's like the least... Business savvy move ever, but can I can I uh, applaud uh, you for something though? I, I have to tell you. So I brought my sixteen year old to see you, and it was her first like rock concert and um uh, her friend's first concert period, and they both left and they said the same thing. We loved when both string players played at the same time, and that made my heart warm because you guys are actually like a rock band that successfully uses strings and really utilizes it to a point where sixteen year olds leave going. I like the cello part. Yeah, it's cool, especially hey, Dustin, in this music I'm thing. Check yeah. out what's your latest album? Which is it called? I'm not going to listen after this. The most recent. So we're about to put a record out in uh, two. I can't. Uh, can't exactly <laughs> say. This year yeah. we're going to put uh, yeah. a record out, uh, and but the last record was called Divisions. Divisions. All right. Yeah. Great. And the, yeah, so I'll, I'll check out I'll check out the Star Set band and see if you guys are any good. Maybe we'll put you on a tour with Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, but so so you know, Steve. And by the way, this is how I knew you made it, Dustin. Was when I first came to see you guys at the Palladium with Corey. We came outside and there were so many eighteen wheelers, and I'm like, what band are they opening for? And we went inside <laughs> and there was these all these LED screens, and I'm like, but why? And then we saw you upstairs, and you, you were doing trivia like at the beginning of a movie, but about your band. And you were watching, like Corey pointed it out to me because I was like a little drunk because I don't drink much, but this is I was drunk at this moment. And he was like, he, he, these people in the crowd are actually they know the answers to these insane questions, and you're sitting there like yeah. approving of this on your crazy Megatron that like I swear to God, like Corey and I don't even get a van. <laughs> really. Get a van. No, <laughs> Lost Symphony. We'd be lucky if we got a Taurus. We get, we get an Uber. Uber. We get an Uber. You've never played live, though, have you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have gas money. You don't need a van. <laughs> but don't we need Eddie Van Halen first before we can make the video? And isn't he dead? Do I need a spirit box? You, you need to do the the whole CG, CGI, CGI? the deep the deep faking. Can we deep fake yeah. you, Dustin? Can we do the whole next record where everybody we get Siobhan's face, we get Brock's oh. face, Adam's face. We can just deep fake. I would fake love. Him. I would love to be deep faked on a tour. If I could figure out the new model for touring where I don't have to be there and it still goes off and the fans still love it. Oh, it's like Woody Allen. He's like, I, I'm not as scared of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> well, said. that's a good one. Yeah, actually, I just watched that that. Woody Allen documentary on HBO. How weird is that? It's cool. Um, um, I haven't seen it, but I know how weird his life is. So yeah, cool. Yeah, Allen versus Pharaoh. It's called. Oh my god! I need to it's watch. It's out that. there. It's out there. So, Dustin, so you, how's, how's how's tour going, man? Like, are you yeah. how, are you like? I saw you guys acoustic, and I gotta tell you, so like for being a band that has to use baritone guitars and all that sort of stuff, it really, really goes very well acoustically. Um, yeah, that is... And, and Ron's a great you. singer, by the way. Just yeah, out Ron's of nowhere. Yeah. Brock's okay, too, kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he does Fuck right. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's really cool that the cinematic, you know, pseudo-metal, pseudo-prog, gent thing, whatever, hard rock thing, can be transcribed or, you know, played uh, acoustically, and it still works. I love, I love that... To be honest, when we get done with uh, this record deal after this one, I'm going to f- probably focus on a, an acoustic little uh, bridge album or something, you know, because it, it What label are you on, Dustin? Uh, it's uh, Fearless, which is a Concord subsidiary. Yeah. yeah. And this is our last record with them. And uh, Are you excited is- about that? Do you want to be free so you can, like, have all the profits because you now have created your own marketing like well, you know, there could be more profits, but we're actually going to double down on marketing. Uh, we're going to do it independently, independently, most likely, but we are going to probably double the budget on the next album and, you know, invest in ourselves in an insane, you know. So, it, you know, the cool thing about that is the band's successful enough that if the album flops, which statistically it probably won't, uh, as, long as, the work, as long as the work's put in, then if it were to flop, it would just be a bust. But if you put that much, you double the budget and it crushes, it could be like, 
you know, even bigger and we're at you the You just helm. need to call Max Martin and tell him to write from a 17-year-old girl's perspective and you're all set. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to work. Hit me, baby, one more time. You can, uh, you can send Ben's consulting fees directly to uh, the trash uh, as far as... <laughs> are all the whole band on this acoustic tour? Do you... Uh, Cut it down to do acoustic. No, it's all, it's the full go, all six of us. Um, six of you, wow. Yeah, there's uh, guitar, bass, drums, uh, but uh, Ron on bass also plays keys, and then uh, cello and violin. Siobhan sometimes plays some keys too, but I think the songs we've been playing, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, on, on the next tour, we're talking about adding a seventh person. Um, but we also, we also, we have as many tour, uh, people on tour as another band our size, as the average band our size, because we don't do things like full devoted guitar tech and things. I find those to be archaic. And we also come up with ways to do stage production that um, is somewhat more efficient, but also has bang for the buck. Sure. Um, so yeah, there's ways, and uh, Benny's probably like judging me for the guitar tech thing. That's probably your, like no, dream. dude. I think that this is brilliant. In fact, oh, yeah. I, I'm dumb, and everyone thinks I'm smart with guitars. Other than I knew that you know the other day that w when it was humid out, when the bass was buzzing, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that's an Allen's, that that's was an smart. Allen wrench. So that I knew See, we could have used but, the guitar. But tech. having like all, where you can have a Kemper where you can just take a USB drive and put it back in, and like it's fixed again, and there's your sound. You don't need like to, there's not one thing wrong. I saw Steve Vai for 25 minutes try to figure out his wah pedal was broken and i'm oh like my god I, I, and i've never even been able to use a tuner without it eating sound so i think the fact that you have everything on kempers and if you have a backup kemper or, or whatever you're using right. that and it's all yeah. with the lights and it changes itself yeah. like for fuck's sake you're right it's archaic and and i think you should write a book in a manifesto and let other guys like us know how we could cheap <laughs> tour so we can actually do the stuff that you do because your production is amazing and what you were even able to do in a small place um, was fantastic, and the fact that cool, yeah. you didn't tell yeah. Steve, but you have again, like uh, you know, the the string section, Steve, is so amazing because not only do you have people switch hitting on keyboards and all that, you have mm -hmm. brilliant harmonies on top of live strings, on top of something that it seems to me like it's, it, it's one part like you know, gent, one part metal, but also that part like despondence that people can relate to being hormonal, young, and dealing in a society where you don't fucking understand anything. And you like really, I don't, you play to all of those things and you do it authentically. And that's a very hard triumvirate that I salute you for. I'm going to check it out on YouTube. Um, how long has this tour been going so far? Uh, there, I think we, let me see, we've done 20, 20 shows and there's 11 left to go. There's and content. There's only been one day off so far, but uh, the rest for the wicked, acoustic man. is, There'll be acoustic content is easier. up there on YouTube for sure. Oh yeah. It's you know, it's, uh, not as, um, my, it's not as good as the, our full demonstrations, you know, the, yeah. uh, the full blown ones, but it's good enough. And, and look, you said you, you, you also play guitar. And with our friend Benny right here, what guitar do you play out of interest? So I, I, when I'm writing, it's often just like the, a bar, it's a bar, usually baritones, a Mike Mushock baritone is mm. my standard guitar to pick up and write on. Um, I have a stained Boston yeah, homeboys. Nice. Stained. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right? I have just an acoustic sometimes when I'm writing. I don't even know. I think it's, I don't know what brand that is. Ibanez, maybe. I don't even know. It's just really? a snapper. Wow. It's a piece of crap. Uh, I, I still need to go. I need to get, like, the, get you know, a the respectable get a Martin. I know. Yeah, I get a to. Taylor. I have to. Well, um, you know what? But I respect yeah. that because you're such a, a more of a composer and, and a big picture person that you're a utilitarian. So you're not like, I need a PR assets from the private stock. You're just like, dude, I'm going to write a fucking hit and I'm going to make money doing that. And then eventually I'm also someone the will just way send about me. like guitar tone. People are like guitar tone, guitar tone. I'm just like, put me to sleep. Your Unless... guitar tone is in your hand, dude. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, you could, yeah. I, could yeah. I, I suck. I'll make a fucking full Marshall stack sound like shit. Eddie Van Halen can make your crate <laughs> sound amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's important to get it above the threshold of, of quality, but... Uh, oh. you know. That's why we go to 11, Dustin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. We were just watching that last night. <laughs> hey, do you have a Gibson humming, Hummingbird? I have a 1964 Gibson Hummingbird. And what do you think of it? 
Well, now, since I've taken off the, the original plastic bridge that was kind of hollow, not attached, yeah. to the, to, I had a Brazilian rosewood one that's actually attached to the, um, to the soundboard and it resonates much better. So since I actually decided to make it non-fully original by making that Brazilian rosewood bridge, it's changed from a great guitar to a special guitar. Yeah, I want to get one. I've, I've always wanted one. They, I've they, told you many a time, you let me hunt with your money, sir. I'm It'll going to. We can I'm do going. it for a skit on the neurotic guitarist. We'll You're put you in the corner. We'll put you in the corner like Inspector Gadget where you can be all blurred out and you can be like, Bitty. you can give me like a bunch of money and be like, I want Bitcoin. I can't buy anything with cash. Give me your black card. And then we'll go and get you like a Gibson Modern and we'll just hand it back. I to actually you. just did a deal with Gibson. They really did me a very a solid. We, we managed, uh, just so you know, just, we managed Joe Perry uh, nice. for his solo career. That's awesome. Who? <laughs> Who's Joe Perry? Know. You're from Boston. You wouldn't know. Yeah. But, Aerosmith? Um, yes. Um, and uh, we did a deal with Gibson to do a Joe Perry gold top with the single pickup. And um, they, they made like 150 of them. And it's exact replica down to where his belt buckle is like beating up the back of his guitar. It's so, a good one. Yeah. Um, and so um, I really wanted the 2017 Firebird reissue in Ebony. It's a custom Firebird. I don't oh, yeah. know. So you're not a plebeian is what you're telling us. You're a higher level star set. Witnesser. Oh, oh yes. I, anyway, I call feudalistic Gibson, society. And I, I asked them. Uh, I said I want to buy one. They said, well, we don't do them anymore. It's a one, one and done. We we put it out as a special. <clears throat> anyway, cut long story short, they did me a huge solid, and they geared up the factory to make it for me. I'm yeah. so happy. Um, that Gibson won't even return my calls, and they make you a fucking guitar. They know. Yeah. Fucking dickheads, dude. Like, and you know what? And you're worth way more money than I am. That's 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 what that's the fucked up part. Us like us poor people. They don't even want to call us back. I'm like, dude, I got a, a blood moon, and they said that there was a toggle switch inside to make it go from split coil to tapping. No, there is actually no dip switch, and I don't like it split. I want it to tap, and it doesn't do that. <laughs> Why would you not call me back, Gibson? Like, I don't understand. I just spent three thousand dollars on a red guitar. Oh. Like, what's wrong with them? Let and they send you, you a guitar. That's not <laughs> fucking fair. If you want to talk to Gibson, call me. Oh, cool. It's all who you know. We'll take no, that, yeah. Is. He's, so, gonna, he's going to call you, I can assure you that right now. I, so, don't, want to, I don't want to waste this still right now while we have <laughs> well, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin yeah, and I'm Steve, sorry. because we were talking yeah. um, a little bit earlier about uh, the model now for, for getting music out and keeping people yes. engaged. And Dustin, you have a unique uh, situation because of the real, like, the world around the band. But one of the things we were saying is that the the single game is now almost far more important than the album for most artists that are really dependent on that, you know, the next thing, the new content. How do you see that uh, in the industry um, in within your band and outside of your band? Like, do you really yeah. push those individual songs even though there is the album? Yeah. Um, it is, in general, because of the way that music is... Uh, consumed now it is it is smart to to do play the single game and uh, if i nine times out of Three. ten if i was in a different band i would i would really hone in on that and maximize that to its absolute optimization but in our band because of the cinematic we're the advantage and advantages when bands are at least trying to do that we're entirely bucking that trend and it's a it's focus primarily on the album and not just like but you, when you do that, it can't just be like an album with like three pretty good songs and then some duds. I have to start 60 songs in some form every album because I want every song to be super good in at least some way. Maybe it's not a single type of goodness, but for the the, the Starset fan yeah. or, or you know various other reasons. But And then, though, within that, you have to have, even with an album uh, central band, you have to have a couple songs that are straight up. Um, I like I call them engineered. I engineer them for different outlets like radio, uh, and that's actually very pinpoint right now. Active rock radio is a thing, and you can yeah. engineer towards it. And you have to. The problem is like if we're here, there's a Venn diagram. It used to be like oh I can overlap where active rock is. It's getting a little hard, a little more. It's little. It's a little harder to get over oh. there. But we do, and then, and then sometimes those songs stand out a little bit, but you, I, I still 
that's that's definitely still part of the formula, and it'll stay that way for for now yeah. at least. Yeah, and with, I fully agree. Yeah, with those, um, especially with like your super dedicated fan base, like, do you see? Like, can you tell the trickle in of the people that just heard the radio song versus the people mm-hmm. that are on your site every day looking for update? Like, how does that ratio look right now? Yeah, well, on this tour, it's a hundred people every yeah. night, and it's hundred dollar tickets. So you can see that it's going to be more. We call them messengers, you know, the super fans. Uh, it's going to be a higher proportion of them, um, and you can also see that in the per head merch count, yeah. which is astronomic um but uh you do good much that's wonderful yeah well we really focus on it and but we also um being a lifestyle band and we have our own insular world um that goes be into books and graphic novels and things uh the merch does it does well but on these type of tours where it's almost all uh very um messengers super fans um yeah. the the merch is is higher um and uh typically though it is an interesting blend of uh we we've done really well at marketing to game not really marketing we just work with gamer kids so you'll have gamer kids you'll have um reddit type kids and when i say kids i would say 14 to 25 Oh, okay. And then you'll you'll have your octane people, which are slightly different than your terrestrial people, yeah. and and you and it, it, these are disparate groups, and they're out there and they're blended, and it's it's actually um, it's 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 a nice blend. It's great. And, and do you do VIP the meet and greet that we do? And that's it's not a extensive. great income stream. Yeah, it allows Very us to important. spend. It allows us to spend almost all of the money currently on production from the guarantee. Right. And, you know, we always try to bring, if we always try to do the production at one level beyond where we're at. So if we're in the club, we want to bring three theater style and it takes some, some inventiveness, but theater, it's like a small, not quite arena, but beyond a theater. And, um, and that's expensive, even if we do it efficiently. And so VIP allows for that. Absolutely. Correct. And, and do, yeah. you, do you have your own production manager that's been with you for a while? And is he involved in the design or? Um, to this point, um, I still do a lot of the design. It used to be me building literal spacesuits for the band. Uh, ah. And then uh, now it'll, if I come up with an electronic piece, it's prototype because they always break because like uh, it's oh. just the idea. And then we have someone else make them much more reliable. Um, so, yeah, there are spacesuits involved in this show. There are, um, there's lots of wardrobe. But we don't have, to answer your question, we don't have... A production manager, but currently, I sit at sort of the top on the off tour side, and then on tour, yeah. it is just a division of labor sort of thing. And uh, the the mantra is no shared tasks, no shared tasks, because if everybody owns whatever it is, no matter how many things you have, because in the past that was that was a huge problem. Someone would think they're helping, and they'd help you know two out of five shows, and something breaks, and then it's it's chaos so uh, and who's your tour manager i just wonder if i know him or her um so our sound guy and what picks up on a regular tour i would say 75 percent of the of the tour managing duties and then ron as the business logistics guy will will do another 25 percent. but i think oh. ryan this is gonna be ryan's this next one's gonna be ryan's uh first for first foray into the hundred percent uh tour managing uh world and it's ryan in the band or is he he's the the uh uh mixer front of house oh okay so so he could be involved in in tour management and tour production i suppose i mean unless you take him out completely and put him just into the logistics I mean. yeah yeah I, I think um you know playing to his strengths i wouldn't put him at the uh production thing sorry ryan you still get to be oh, the what's uh, his last name manager. i wonder if i know him ainsworth Ryan Ainsworth, he's a great uh, front house guy, and he'll uh, and he does uh, good production. If you're trying to, uh, my favorite, look- he gave me my favorite line from any sound guy in the last twenty years. He looked at me and he said, "An acoustic bass is not a real instrument." <laughs> I loved that. I was like, dude, I I kind of agree with you. I don't, I, I don't agree with him fundamentally, but I'm like, as a sound guy, I'm like, you're kind of right though. <laughs> 
Ainsworth's a very English-sounding name. Is he English? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know, but we call him Ainsworth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Chevron. Like <laughs> uh, you know, after I found out that that's what they called him in high school, I stopped. Because my last name's Bates, so I live oh, Master Bates. Oh, it could be Master Bates. Bates. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, uh, I had empathy for that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so charming when you say it. Yeah, I wouldn't have had any problem if it was Master Bates. I wouldn't have any problem with that. That's much nicer. It's like <laughs> if Jeeves did it for yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry, Master I cut you Bates? off there. No, no, I, I think it's just it just kind of speaks to the way you guys don't seem to follow any strict rules as to how the division of labor goes, and everyone just kind of has a job, and, and you're not really looking at a template. You seem to make it work with what you have, and it seems to be working incredibly well. So I think there's just a lot to be said for that. Yeah, and well, I think that's my engineering background. But one of the pros or one of the cons to that is if everything's working nicely, I'm immediately trying to take one more step. And there, and there, and there's, um, there's like, uh, there's some trial and error that happens on tour. Like, well, why don't we get this now and do this? And uh, sometimes it has broken things. Give us a spinal tap moment because you guys have a lot of shit. Like, did you not have Stonehenge come down one day and they're like, wait, the planet's on our line for Star Set? Well, I literally we were just talking about this. So we put the. Um, I had a. I did. I don't really like symbols going bleeding into my mic. I like to have a little extra compression in my ears. And yeah. I hate symbols. So I was like, well, we could get like symbol covers or. Um, because we already we already have the quieter symbols, it wasn't enough for me. So I built this cage that's made out of uh, um, uh, plexiglass that's covered in a polymer. That when you put 110 volts across it, it goes clear. You might have seen it in like a posh club. And so the entire atom was behind this thing, and it's totally translucent. Actually, uh, and then and then when you give it voltage on each of these little um, these little nodes um you can it'll go clear and so what we did is he's playing behind it and i it goes trans translucent and then we projected onto it 3d projection onto it and then when he wasn't playing and it also solved the problem of the electronic drum loops like he's not playing he disappears and now it's projection and then and then boom you know i use like wireless dmx control and it uh and used it to open up some relays that made it go transparent and now he's playing and then we also backlight him at that instant as well so it's a push and pull and uh the only issue is um, the little box I made to, um, it was probably still prototype, uh, yeah. that, that actually picks up that DMX um, signal to make it go transparent. You know, you're at uh, festivals and they're just like, it, it doesn't give a, get as much love at a festival. Well, he's, you know, I don't know when it happened from the beginning or like during a song. He just stays translucent. <laughs> he's just in a white box for <laughs> multiple songs. So that's a very, very hey, spinal has tap. Has anyone moment. ever held up like a car and said, this is, this is where you are on the spectrum? Because I got to <laughs> tell you, man, like, and I say this with like the most complimentary way possible. You're a savant, dude. Because I'm I'm an engineer too, right? And like, yeah. and I'm listening to you, and I understand what you're saying. But basically, what you're saying is like, so I basically created the equivalent of electrostatic speaker, except it's for visual. So it's not dipolar radiation. In fact, I'm sending a so you can actually create whether you could see somebody. But because of that, I'm creating a sound stage for myself <laughs> so I can compress it so I don't hear the fucking symbols because I fucking hate symbols. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you elitist, smart, smart motherfucker. Like, I love it. And you figured it out. And you're like, but I picked strawberries to buy my guitar. So I can't even hate you. <laughs> See, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my, my shield against that. I just got to give you some, some story to be empathetic towards me. There you go, man. <laughs> and I, I took it hook, line, and sinker. I believe yep. in you. you. You played right-handed even though you're a lefty. God bless you. Just, you know, about that strawberry situation, my very first job uh, when I left school was picking mushrooms. And I, I, I quit for a day. I, when they told me what the mushrooms are, are grown in, which is shit. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> you didn't know when you put your hands in shit? Yeah. I, uh, that's it. I'm out. I'm, I'm sorry. Not for me. You didn't smell it? That isn't, it doesn't smell well, bad? Well, that's what I got there. And I go, what the fuck? Is, what, are they, what is that? But how, wait, when do we flash to shagging chicks because you do fashion? Shag, did you say shagging chicks? Yeah, shagging chicks. That's in a your, great in your flat. English word. 
In your flat, in your your chateau, (laughs) is that where you were when you were out at school? Because didn't you do fashion? You just happened upon being a manager because Jimi Hendrix, right? I I did have a flat in London. I did, yes. Nice. In the West (laughs) End. I actually lived in a muse, which is a muse house is in the in the old days. Uh, it's where you, you, the behind the rich person's house, they would have this cobblestone area where the horse and carts would stay. And that was called a muse. And later in life, they turned those into apartments. And I lived in a muse right in the West End of London. I mean, smack bang. I, do, do you know London at all? Do, have you been to London? I have a few times, but it's so big. Uh, I still don't even <laughs> yeah. have my bearings because we haven't had enough time off. But it was right in the center. Oh, I mean, nice. London is beautiful. I mean, if London had, I'm in Los Angeles where I live. If they had this weather in London, it would oh, be. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. London is just such a special city. It is. But that, that, that melancholy is kind of good for the soul for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the weather does that. I That's mean, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Yeah rains but it's so green it's beautiful i've been you know dying to get back and we now can go back to england it just opened you know that's that's good yeah year and a half year and a half what's next benny what's now well listen i've been enamored by first off i want to first thank you dustin because yeah i've been admiring you from afar (laughs) Because I, I, first off, I started cutting my hair to be in your band. I don't know, because of COVID. I don't know if you realize. So people were like, dude, your hair looks awesome. No, I just found my hairline and then figured out how to shave up to it and then convince my fiance to like basically make my weird head. And then I realized I had like the star set cut because you guys all had that cut at one point. And um, I remember thinking to myself, uh, the more I heard about you guys, I'm like, wait a minute, they're in Forbes magazine? And then we saw you at the Palladium. And when we saw you guys, I went from going... Who's the opening band to like completely understanding afterwards? I'm like, these guys are like a religion, like how Iron Maiden is a religion for metal people. Like you look, I music has died after 2000 for me when Pantera, when Dimebag Daryl was shot. Like it's over for me. So like Star Set, like it's not for me. I am not your demographic. But for people now, like the, the passion and the way that they love you and the way that they look at you and the way that they feed into the story that you've created and this narrative is the same way that I used to go and yell Maiden until I couldn't even breathe and everybody was wearing a different Iron Maiden Eddie shirt. And you look at Star Set fans and they're all wearing different st- shirts. They have books. They have paraphernalia like there's things where you could watch the sky and you could find things and you're like it's called a telescope. i wouldn't even know like i can't even sell a shirt <laughs> i can't even sell a shirt dustin like that's brilliant and the fact is you've learned and you've set like you're like the asshole in class that gets 107 on a test when people get an average of 60 so they don't round it you're the guy that goes well we have the to be able breaker. to do se- seven thousand yeah. things i have to build my own dmx protocol chain i have to figure out how i'm gonna light this guy i'm gonna have to figure out how to use electrostatic speakers as a way of visual dipolar radiation wow. i have to figure uh-huh. out dispersion I, I gotta find the right ratio with the right threshold on the compression so my in-ear mix is right and you know how to do it and you write it all. You are an amazing individual. So unique. I mean, that's a very polite way of saying that. <laughs> it, just, it just like comes out of you. It's like so yeah, astonishing. I've been watching a long time, like a creepy stalker. I'm in my. I admire this guy. I think that his brand. If you go and look this up, it's ador. It's literally adorable that you don't know that he's a singer. You're like, so you are you a guitarist? Are you a guy that like? Are you the tech? Do you set it up? You're like, no, I invented how we did this. Apparently, yeah. I'm gonna. I've made notes. I'm going straight into. Like, he's like, I'm going to go back to shelter and tell him that we need to manage this band. They don't have any manager right now. They need to get to the next level. Call Paul Geary. Yeah, if John they have, they manage Johnny Depp, so you know Dustin. So like, if, if, if you want to drop some names there, Steve, that is awesome. Well, Benny, thank you for the kind words. That's an amazing. Yeah, like that was like pure poetry. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I mean, rehearsed. I just like wow. It was uh, though in the shower this morning. Oh come on! Are you looking at me? <laughs> I feel like a jerk. I was just uh, telling Siobhan, like, I'm just like, 
taken over the show here. On Are you kidding me? We we listen. It's so, been amazing. We love how we we love Siobhan, but we've really wanted to pick your brain because we want to learn from what you're doing. Because I got to tell you, it's very inspirational. Because we're we're talking about how could we even make Lost Symphony happen, and I'm like, can we convince Dustin to let us use his backline? <laughs> like maybe we could use his lights, and we'll just be light light years ahead. We'll be like Ray Kurzweil. We've already figured out the problems that we can't possibly figure out in this lifetime, and now we're anticipating the next things. You know what I mean? Like did you? Did you claim that I was on the spectrum? Uh, dude, you're like the transcendent man, dude. I think that you are like Ray Kurzweil. I think I think that you probably already have like a, your Facebook feed to your head, and, and then you realize you you deleted that, and now you just have TikTok. That Kurzweil thing you're talking about and transcendence—that's a great video. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but yeah. Also, um, you think, is that right? You use Kemper. Uh, you're using yep. a Kemper system. Yeah, See, we were using it pretty early on. Yeah. To speak of then, right? You don't there is no backline. There yeah, no. It's all um, yeah. well there is like we have this this big rack we call how. Um, as, oh, how? Yes. Open yeah. the bay doors? Yeah. <laughs> and so it has all the awesome. all of the uh, electronics. Oh, yeah, Benny, there is then, no backline. But the brains but, of the operation, um, well, he meant the production. How? He wants the flashy lights. Yeah, no. And and, and the fact is that that Dustin like he's He's raised the standard for what you have to do in a band. Like, you have to do everything. It's like, not only do you have to shoot it, you have to edit it. You have to, oh, everything that Corey does. Oh, that's oh great. No. This has been a great show. I've really enjoyed this, guys. This I think I think we fun. lost Siobhan slash Brock. Uh, not Brock. Jeez, I called him Brock. Dustin. Uh, Dustin. Dustin. Oh, look heard, at him. I heard an asshole. asshole. <laughs> hey, where are you, Dustin, in the world? Where, where, where are you? They're in Nebraska, I think he said. That's right. Lincoln. Right, right. And where are you going tonight? I think their internet has has he's failed like a, them. He's like a spirit box. He's like, can you tell us, Earl Simmons, what you said? Like, it's scary here on the other side in Nebraska. Oh, we lost oh, him. He's, maybe he'll sign back on. I think he's going to sign back on. Maybe he's too he smart. He's too smart. <laughs> he's he's figured it out. Them. But this is a great time to to basically say thank you. Steve, uh, for oh. joining us as always, and and now now co-host Jesus as a co-host, right? Yeah, <laughs> we got to give yeah. you more credits. We put us fuel to the fire. We, we, we literally just threw you right into the fire, and you took that co-host job like you were meant Look, to do it. Here's what what I'm thinking. How about I have a word with Miles Kennedy for you guys? I'm not going to. Yeah, we're not going to say no to that, Steve. Yeah, and no? you gotta talk. You gotta talk to Ross because Ross, that he's he's got stories. I know. Look, we got Justin back. Oh, Holy I'm shit, back. he's back, dude. He's back from the future. You you were gone, and we could see, we could kind of hear something. Then asshole came through. Whatever you were saying, that's the only word that came through was asshole. You <laughs> <laughs> sounded like the spirit box of Martin Luther King. You would you please um, please send my love to to Siobhan and say I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her. Oh but, yeah. Well, we can yeah, still say hi because Dustin's here. Look, this, we can edit this down. Let's I want to hear what Dustin oh, has to say. Oh, yeah. Unless you want to well, leave us, Steve. No, I I, I didn't. Steve, you're not leaving us. I'm going to call Paul Geary and tell him that I'm pulling out of this deal. I, I thought Corey <laughs> was bringing it to a close. I, well, I, he I wasn't was because he thought we lost Dustin. But we need Dustin. Dustin is the reason this program can go we on. You gotta close it with Siobhan. I mean Yeah. yeah. Look at the gentleman that. too. And he's a gentleman. Well, well she's right there, right? She just Listen, oh, Dustin, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, if you ever need someone to press play on the iPod, I can do that for you. And I can even change the BPM in real time. So just well, let me know. Uh, Ableton does that for me. Uh, listen, You've been God bless you. Already, fact, yeah, maybe maybe you should just put everything on an iPod. He's like, I got it. I got it on yeah, my phone. Uh, my putting watch. everything on a laptop is already a bit much. It's all on one laptop. The video. I hope the you have a backup. Are... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we don't do the tandem sy uh, systems. We yeah. uh, because the likelihood of a failure is yeah. low enough that if we, but we have a, a totally redundant laptop that if something failed, we could have up in sure. one or two minutes, which if that happens once every 40 shows at the, at the most, then that's the way I justify that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. I get it. Yeah. Steve's the logistics guy. He's like, this is amazing. Isn't it crazy I, I that the singer knows all this stuff? He knows way more than I he could write well, the book. Yeah. It, it's, um, you're very smart and, uh, realistic and, uh, you've got it going on. I can tell. Appreciate it. It's admirable. 
It, well, when you fail enough at this game, you, you start to... Um, but I also love science and engineering, so that side of my really? brain was just... I'm just bringing that into this for better or worse. <laughs> well, yeah, it would seem for, for better. I mean, yeah. I can't wait to once this show's over, I'm I'm checking you guys out big time. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, I, I'm excited. So you think the next stage is to astrally project yourself to different dimensions so you can capitalize on your on on what you could do as, as star set in different places simultaneously, kind of like Trans Siberian Orchestra having multiple versions of the band going, but you could be in so multiple like YouTube? dimensions. <laughs> yeah, but YouTube, but like in on ketamine. Oh, <laughs> boofed or not boofed? I guess it depends on what part of the world you're in. <laughs> that right. means put in well, my butt. Yes. Oh, well, that's well, that's how you bypass the kidneys. So that's good for you, my smart gentleman drug taker. <laughs> I don't do drugs, but if I did, I'd probably boof them. That's the title of the episode. That's the title of the episode. I did that's drugs. Fine. I still do drugs, but I also <laughs> did drugs too. <laughs> I'm sure you, you, you do drugs to calm you down, I would imagine. <laughs> well, interesting. You, yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking yeah. to Benny, actually. <laughs> oh, and then Benny, I was yeah. going to say, I don't think they're working. Here's the but cocaine. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I um, In fact, you want to know what calms me down is going on a hoverboard. I go around a graveyard 8 to 10 miles a day listening to mixes. Probably the same song. 75, 80 times in a row. And people really? must think I'm out of my mind and I don't talk for three, four, five hours listening to the same three minute and seven second song going home and making changes and going back on my hoverboard. And because it uses so many muscles, it kind of calms my brain because I'm so ADD that the fact I have to maintain perfect balance allows me to listen calmly. What is the, is a hoverboard? Is it like it's a... It's a really obnoxious thing you can get on with your, with your feet and you kind of like... Uh, it's a segue without feet. a handle. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's a douchebag like thing where like, police pull up to me and make silly comments like, you know, hey, you trying to drag race? And I'm just like, dude, I'm doing 12.4 miles an hour. Are you fucking kidding me? So it's a it's a, a skateboard with an engine. It's it's no, it's kind of like if you had like skis, it feels like yeah. if you're skiing through the world and and you it, it you can burn 300 calories a half hour and it requires per, like I have a bad back and I was doing um I was doing uh physical therapy because of my back. Yeah. Um, before COVID and after that like my back was fucking killing me and as soon as I got a hoverboard I started feeling better and I realized it made me stand like this like, for so hours and it, it actually strengthened my core and my back it's actually what's so been missing from the star set show I think yeah you I think you guys all need hoverboards, hoverboards that, that yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look into that's that it's totally awesome. on brand Come it's a on. real thing though so hoverboard. makes sense on that actually <laughs> but I want to say thank you to Dustin and I really want to say thank you to Steve because you guys first off <laughs> Steve, yeah. you're a gentleman and a scholar. As we say in Yiddish, you're a mensch. And and Dustin, I, I ha I've been so I joke around on the show that like you've created a religion. But like I, I wait I look at you at the same way as like when Ron L. Hubbard looked at Isaac L. Asimov. Ron Hubbard. Whatever his name is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he, and Isaac Asimov's like, you can't create a religion. And he's like, hold my beer. And then there's Scientology. And I'm like, you can't create Star Set. And then Dustin's like but I can. And then you did. And, and the fact that you've manifested it the way... That I, I consider it a manifestation of your mind. And I think that that's absolutely amazing because what Frank Zappa said was, you know, the best thing you could ever hope for is to get what you hear in your mind exactly out, but it almost never happens. And I feel like you've even done that visually as well as sonically. And I think it's amazing. And you've learned how to make money from it, which is even a harder thing because we've made Lost Symphony where people think it's good, but I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> He's monetized an idea, which is awesome. Steve, help us. Help us. <laughs> Call Eddie Trunk and tell him he needs to help us get on tour. I want to help Tell you. Nikki you Six that we're cool. We're cool. We come in peace. You deserve the help. You really do. I, yeah. I am full of admiration for what you do, you guys. Really. So with that, you guys have been 2020. And please check out Star Set. Where can we go? I mean, I mean, I, I, is there is it starset.com or do you just like say starset and it, you're and Alexa tells you? <laughs> I, it probably does, but starsetonline.com is the website, and then starset online is all of the, you know, all the different yeah. social media tags and all that. And and when's the? Do we know when? The, are we allowed to know when the next record's coming out? Well, there's a big tour coming in November, so people could use context clues. My birthday is November 16th, so if, if yeah. you want to release it on my birthday, I won't be offended because that would be a great present. All right, we're going to have to... I'm going to call the label now. Tell, I'm going to call Ron. I'll see. I, I heard that he has some sway in the band. You, I didn't know bass players had sway. 
Are you playing in the Los Angeles area? Uh, on this, on the, I think so. In the December run, no, maybe. They, oh, I'm definitely gonna. Well, on this one, no. I don't even think in either of them, actually, we're even hitting the West Coast because it was a, a move to uh, reduce um, risk of uh, local politics. Oh, well, you when know. you come here, I'm coming. Awesome, uh, that would be I'll rad. probably come with, with Plotnikov, you know? So. Yes. That yeah. was, let's do it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on your hoverboards. <laughs> you'll show up, you'll just be like, look for the two dudes on the hoverboards, perfectly balanced. <laughs> With no back problems. Right. <laughs> so, well, I'm excited for the hey, new guys. star set record. I got to say that when I heard Cashmere, by the way, that that was such a fucking cool interpretation because it's like oh, a genty version of Led Zeppelin, which is a ballsy thing to do because it's yeah. like saying I did dubstep Zeppelin, but it works. <laughs> like, I don't know how you made it work, but you made it work and it sounds so good. And even though that band is so superior to almost everything because of your production and your understanding of music and the way that you just interpreted that you made it your own and I commend you because it doesn't sound like Led Zeppelin it sounds like Star Set and, and that's amazing to say about a song that P. Diddy covered yeah. well yeah. we went into that knowing that Zeppelin is sacrosanct and but it was the first time I'd ever heard anything that I would consider cinematic rock and so I was paying homage knew that we had to sort of bring it and do it in our own way currently it's only on Amazon uh, I've got it Amazon. A, it, it was a, it was okay. a premiere, uh, whatever, some sort of thing. But in a, couple, in a couple weeks, it'll be uh, opened up, or a month or so, it'll be opened up to everybody. Steve's literally putting but, you on a headhunting list, by the way, to like make yeah, sure yeah, yeah. that you manage. Yeah. I have to give Rob Graves credit for a lot of the uh, production on that. He, uh, he also was a huge uh, Cashmere fan. So when we got together, he produced the first two records, but got together again to do this. And it was like we both... Uh, were changed by that song, so we teaming up was it was really cool, and uh, yeah, no one's given us too much shit, but we'll see when it when it hits the general population that uh, off of Amazon. The gen pop, much, yeah, yeah, when it hits gen pop. It, it's been a pleasure <laughs> to meet you, um, Likewise, and I look Steve. forward to meeting you in person. Actually, me too. Yeah. Oh, he's a tr listen. I want you to understand, Dustin. He's my spirit animal, so you can't have him. <laughs> No. Take, get your own mantra, dude. Get your own fucking mantra. Steve, what is mine? <laughs> I'm, I'm taken. I'm spoken for. Him, I guess. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys both. We appreciate it. Thank Check out 2020.com, 2020-D.com. set online. Witness the whole new tour. Go say hi. Yep. Thank you, Siobhan, if you can hear me. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> thank you, Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com, like, and subscribe so you don't miss out on future podcasts. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 78, featuring Brock Richards of Starset. Check it out. The album wasn't out. He had a song charting. Uh, it was My Demons, actually. Mm -hmm. It was already charting when I had talked to him. And then I was like, hey, man, let's jam. And he's like, "Cool, come out." And I, br I bring like this, this, all this gear, like you know that I'm used to playing with, like this huge pedal board. Anyway, we rehearsed uh, for two weeks. I ended up getting on the internet, buying a baritone guitar, overnight, got it, learned the rest of the record, and two <laughs> weeks later we went on tour. And me and Dustin still talk about it to this day. I bet it was awful. <laughs> <laughs>Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.